Hello and welcome to Car Talk from National Public Radio with us, Click and Clack for Tappert Brothers. And we're broadcasting this week from the Good Questions Department here at Car Talk Plaza. Is yes. That, as opposed to the Good Answers Department? <laughs> we don't have any answers. <laughs> this is from Duncan Reed, uh-huh. who emails us from the UK. Okay. Right? And these are just... Okay, from the UK. You know what? People sometimes sit around. You ever sit down and you're looking out the window and you wonder about things? Like... Do you ever see people who run over a string a dozen times with their vacuum cleaner? Then they reach down, pick it up, examine it, and then put it down to give the vacuum cleaner one more chance. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you, I do that all the time <laughs> to make sure someone like you didn't actually glue it to the floor <laughs> to drive me crazy. And, and here's the, the big question. Whatever happened to preparations A through G? <laughs> I mean, what? Preparation A would have been the one I would have gone for on the shelf. Sure, preparation A. Right. But it doesn't... For have, obvious reasons. It doesn't, <laughs> it, it doesn't have the ring of success. No, it doesn't. But preparation H did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you have a good question about your car or even a crummy one, give us a call. The number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, guys. This is Sarah from Los Angeles. Is that without an H? It's with an H, thank you. Whoa. Let me tell you my sob story. Yeah. A few weeks ago, I got a new job, which is a good thing. They asked me to start the new job about three days later. I said, that's fine. That'll give me time to get my car fixed. Um, My car was a Volvo station wagon. I decided to take it to the dealer for the 60,000-mile service. Oh. Well, $1,376.26 later, um, I pick up my car, get on the freeway, I'm on the freeway for about five miles, and the check engine light starts to flash. The car then starts to slow down to 30 miles an hour. I pulled over to the side of the road, and as soon as I'm pulled over, black smoke starts coming out of the hood. The smoke starts coming into the car through the dashboard. At this point, I decide to get out of the car. Good thinking. Yeah, good thinking. I grabbed the invoice from the dealer. Oh, that was good thinking, too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Boy, that was really good thinking. (laughs) Yep. um, You left your pocketbook in the car, right? (laughs) Who needs the money in the the three kids? (laughs) (laughs) Get the slip. (laughs) So I grabbed three things, my purse, the invoice, and my cell phone. I'm about 10 feet behind the car, and the car bursts into flames. How sweet it is. God, really? Now, um, the car is totaled. So my question is, I have the invoice, and I want to know what these bozos did to my car. Well, seeing you had the good sense to save the slip, what did they do for $1,376.26? We'll see if one of those things could have done it. Okay, they replaced the timing belt, the front brakes, the right outer CV boot, a spark plug kit, a filter insert, brake fluid, washer solvent, TT, INJ additive, gasket, fuel filter, gasket, oil filter, antifreeze gasket, flame shield. Oh, that's all. Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not. That isn't it. <laughs> that Sounds good. That's good. Six cents. <laughs> uh, Boy, that's a, that's a short list for a big total. I know. Well, with $1,000 in labor, and then they replaced one light bulb. $1,000 in labor at $60 an hour, and it was there for two days, right? It was there for a day. A, a day. day, which is eight that's hours. hours. That's four hundred and eighty dollars labor. Yeah, that's pretty uh, good, huh? They gave me a ten percent discount. <laughs> well, sure, because they overcharged you by one hundred and fifty percent. Right. Oh, and I should say, when I was exiting the car, there was a clear fluid bubbling up from the hood. 
Well, of course, the thing is on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go back to let's go back to the incident. Okay. The smoke. It was dark gray to black. Dark it, gray. To, it wasn't white. But it was real. It was dark. Black smoke. Well, I can tell you from all the cars that I've ever set on fire <laughs> that it's never been our fault. Of course uh-huh. not. No, I mean, seriously. Yeah. It's never been our fault. From that very first Buick, <laughs> that 62 Buick, we had a car on the lift. They actually accepted complete liability. Of course they would, because they yeah. have insurance for it. So right. they're going to give you another car. They're going to give me replacement value, which isn't, I don't think, fair. Well, you want replacement value, plus you want your $1,376.26 back. Yep. Yeah, well, that's about all you can expect in this life. Yeah, well. See, it's, hard, mm. it's hard to think about what they could have done, although the coincidence just seems to be too much, doesn't oh, it? I mean, they could have pinched a wire. They could have done any number of things, and that's why whenever we burn a car up, we always go in with the forensics team after <laughs> it. I think the most likely candidate is they, they changed the timing belt. Uh-huh. Mm. That's yep. probably the most likely candidate. They could have somehow or another moved the, one of the wires for the alternator. Uh-huh. Or maybe taken the alternator out and forgotten to hook the wire back up. Was it, That's the most likely place for a fire to start. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah they, actually, they probably down. did something, but you'll, you'll never get any more money from them than they're offering you. Yeah. Yeah, and you're doing well that they're not fighting you. I like the alternator. I like the alternator. I like my car more than the alternator. <laughs> Every time I see a Volvo station wagon on the road, my heart leaps a little. Well, when they give you the check, you just want to go back there, maybe, and buy another Volvo. Oh, I'm not giving them any of my money. Well, why not? I mean, I, I have to say that what they've done is quite gentlemanly. They could have said, prove it. You, right. You'd be hard-pressed to prove it. So I think... You should trust these guys. I like them. Uh, I, I don't know. I Either feel... that or they burn up a car a day. <laughs> That's the other possibility, isn't it? But you, yeah. also, you have insurance of your own. Didn't you have fire and theft? Oh, yeah. And... I've been on the phone with insurance agents, lawyers. Well, why don't you try to collect from both? Uh, <laughs> get, yeah. get two checks. I wish. Uh, good luck, Sarah. I think you've done about as well as you can do, and I think they did the right thing by just accepting responsibility, whether, in fact, it was theirs or not. Probably it was. Yeah. It probably okay. was. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right. See you. Okay. Bye. one car talk or one 227 8255 Hello. You're on Car Talk. Uh, my name is Paul. I'm calling from New York City. How you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? We're in New York City. Real Manhattan, New York City? Oh, well, yeah. I wouldn't say New York City if it wasn't in Manhattan. Right. Well, I mean, is it Brooklyn, New York City? No, oh, Brooklyn. Yeah, I guess so. Brooklyn's Brooklyn. <laughs> well, I suppose <laughs> technically you could yeah. call it New York City. But anyway, this is real New York this City. This is real New York City, man. Yeah. Right. What's up, Paul? Okay. I have a 1980 Subaru four wheel drive wagon. Oh, I knew you lived mm-hmm. right in the city. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyway, summer is rolling around, and I was thinking of chopping the top off and making it into a convertible. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a and, lot of people have always has thought about that. No, you were thinking of making it into a topless. Yes. Mm. Not a convertible. A convertible. Well, well, actually, I would, I would carry along uh, a tarp in case it rained. Like a, like an army <laughs> blanket or something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, officially, I guess it would be a convertible. Yeah. Anyway, my, my question is, doing that, am I exposing the frame to any sort of structural damage? Of course. Or, or would the windshield? collapse if well I the windshield like... will just hold the whole car together it's amazing how strong <laughs> glass is 
Well, I mean, you're not going to cut right at the windshield. You're going to have to cut a few inches behind the windshield. And don't forget, if the car had a sunroof, then it would be essentially the same thing. So it depends on how much you... It would still sort of have the frame around... Yeah, no, no. The sunroof is quite a bit different. If you go and take that whole top off... Yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking about. You're out of your mind! (laughs) Yeah, no, if you take the whole top off, then you're in trouble. Okay. But you might like to do sort of a... uh, Just a giant sunroof. A giant sunroof. Well, that's that's what that's my fallback. I mean, position. but you are ready to just kiss this car goodbye because what are you going to do when the when the fall comes and it starts to snow? Well, I only paid fifty dollars for it, so it's not a real. Convertible. Oh, that, oh, excellent! What a great idea! Yeah, man. I don't think I would go for the full convertible. I would go for the extended sunroof. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, you know I anyone do that. that has a chainsaw? You yeah. ought to be. You're going to slice right through this baby. You're going to invite all your friends over. In, in fact, let me know when you're going to do it. I want to see you do it. <laughs> I mean, think about how much fun this is going to be. You're going to get the... Well, actually, the car is in Boston, so I can invite you guys over. Absolutely. I'll be there. And you've got to videotape it for... (laughs) What's that show? Funniest Home Videos? (laughs) I mean, that would be an absolute trip. Sure. You've got to do a little scene with... Boy, I wish this was a convertible. And you say, no problem. And you jump on the roof with the chainsaw. (laughs) No, what you really need is not a chainsaw. You need something called a sawzall. Yeah, sawzall is what I was thinking. And then what you do is you buy a huge piece of plexiglass. Okay, you ready for this now? Uh-huh. You buy a huge piece of plexiglass. Cut that course. You Working cut... with plexiglass. Lexan, yes. You cut, yeah. the, you cut the hole. I thinking more plastic sheeting. No, no, no. Don't go cheap now. You're getting a convertible here. You don't want to cheap out. <laughs> what, what do you do? You have a saran wrap? Sheet metal screws to screw them right into and the roof? Sh- and you buy a four or five tubes of that silicone caulk. Uh-huh. You caulk it all up. You put 500 sheet metal screws in there. He doesn't want a top on it. He yeah. wants to live free or die. Move to New Hampshire. Exactly. No, no, and, and you can remove it. You just take out the 500 screws. <laughs> maybe it's just hinge on it or something. Maybe, yeah, maybe you could put a hinge on it, like a pop top. No, no, no. I like your idea, Paul. Just, just cut shear the big, it, shear cut it right off. big hole. Leave it a little where the doors are, because otherwise it's going to be really structurally Is this going to be unsound. a beach buggy? Yeah. You're going to go to, like, Corpus Christi for the summer or something and hang around? Well, yeah, I'm Manhattan. The fall isn't a concern of mine. Good for you. So you want it just for the summer? Yeah. Just the summer. 50 bucks is the right price. All right. Yeah. I have a, I have one favor to ask you guys, too. Yeah. I'm going to be graduating from law school this uh, spring. Hang up on him. And I, and I was wondering if you could get me an interview at Dewey Cheatham and Howe. <laughs> Certainly. We're looking for some sleazy, I mean, for some <laughs> recent graduates. I'm your man. <laughs> we we can tell. Seriously, Paul, let me know when you're going to chop this thing up. i I got to watch it. Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your call, man. All right, take care, fellas. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. There are wackos everywhere. Indeed. one <laughs> car talk That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. This is Deb Baker Hall, and I live in Hudson, Ohio. Hudson? Deb Baker Hall. Right. What's up? Well, I have a weather-related problem with my car. Yeah. When the temperature is 35 or below, my car lights. Um, If I have not traveled far enough or long enough for the car to warm up a little bit, won't go out. And see, here, that's a big problem. The lights won't go out? No, they won't go off. (laughs) Oh, you know, we live in a small town, so a trip to the grocery store takes three minutes, or a trip to get the kids to a sporting event or to school takes three minutes. So these three-minute trips turn into 15-minute tours so that my car, or 20-minute tours, so that my car will then be warm enough that when I arrive, mm. I can turn the lights off and they'll actually go off. But what if you what if you just leave the car and walk away? How long will the lights stay on? Forever. Or until <laughs> just... the battery 
Kills or, it. or until the battery dies, exactly. Yeah. What okay. kind of a car is it? It's an 89 Ford Taurus, and that's the problem. See, my, this happened, started last winter, and my husband kept saying, well, I'm not going to pay to get it fixed because we're going to replace it. Well, then <laughs> I just continued to drive it off. See, I have a dream goal for this car, that it will reach 133,000 miles before I ditch it. 133. Yeah. Is there some magic to that number? Well, I think it came to me at the end of a meditation period, much like the name of Acidophilus. Oh, Omeanos Biavados. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Acidophilus. I, I, I have that in my yogurt. Every day. <laughs> so <laughs> you just woke up out of a trance and, and, and you said saw 133,000. Is the magic number for this car. Oof. That's so, and, and we're, at what, we're at just below 116, so we're within striking zone. You are. Yeah. Does this car have the uh, the headlight sentinel thing? Yes, it does. Oh. Break it. it. Break it? <laughs> yeah. Hit it with a hammer. <laughs> Will that do it? I think so. Yeah. Well, uh, um, gee, I, mean, I, I hadn't th- thought of I, that. I think the timer in that sentinel thing is wacko, oh. and so it's... Le- it, can you turn it off? Have you tried turning it I've off? I've turned it off, and I've flipped that whole thing yeah. and, and, you know, messed around with it. We thought that was it for a while. And then I had a theory that it had to do with how hard you how hard you slammed the car door. Because <laughs> sometimes that would actually happen. Isn't and then I thought, well, maybe it's a loose um, fuse or something. And whatever. Mm. Well, I think you should take it into your dealership or right. your local garage and ha- have them pull the switch apart. Yeah. This yeah. is not going to be terribly expensive. Okay, and yeah. so that will just then. Yeah. If yeah. anything, you just tell tell them to bypass the headlight sentinel deal. Okay. This is a stupid thing. Yeah. Anyway. Alternatively, you could just have them extract the switch from the dashboard mm-hmm. and leave it hanging down on the floor. That's oh, right. I like so that. You just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sort of suits my personality to have a car that looks like that. It's, we, ni- it's nice to have wires hanging down. <laughs> we had a guy that worked for us that had put an engine into a pickup truck, mm-hmm. and he purposely removed all of the switches from the vehicle. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like that. And had, had basically about 100 wires just hanging under the dash, right. and when he wanted to start it, he and he alone right. knew which wires to connect <laughs> to get it to start, to get the radio to work, to get the blower to work. Right. I like it. Yeah, well, it was, it's nice. Well, you know, I have to tell you that having wires hanging down from the dashboard mm-hmm. changes your entire life. It's that you have a whole new perspective on what's important in oh, life. That's I mean, why I keep hearkening back to my 87 Colt Vista yeah. and yeah. how liberating and life-altering it has been. There's no question about it. I mean, people who are worried about their car, someone's going to scratch it. Scrape a fender? They no won't let you problem. smoke a cigar in it. I mean, what uh, the heck? Well, what is now a cigar might be an issue. <laughs> oh, no. There's nothing like a good cigar. <laughs> But when but, you've got wires hanging down. food in my car. Food is good, that. too. Pizza boxes in the back are good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, exactly. I'm, come on. What, everyone was looking for perfection. Lighten well, up. I've given that up. Good, good. for you, Deb. <laughs> Let the switch just dangle. And let's unplug it and plug it in, and you won't have any problem with your headlights. All right. <laughs> See, that sounds like a good plan. See and you, good Deb. luck on your trek okay. toward Thanks, 133. <laughs> I will think 133. Thank you. Let us know when you get there. Okay. (laughs) Bye-bye. Hey, look, let's not play around this week. Instead of going through the usual dance, I ask you if you remember the puzzler, you hem and you say, no, why don't we just jump right to telling people what it was? What? You're not going to give me a chance to show off my mental acuity anymore? You're going to leave the entire world with the impression that I'm, what, an empty vessel? You're going to hang me out to dry? Is that it? Just dismiss any possibility? 
that I might have this in my head the wherewithal to store a few simple facts. Is All right. that it? All right, forget it. <laughs> Do you remember the puzzler? No. <laughs> oh, I didn't think so. Anyway, the puzzle was about a hippie, a 73 VW Beetle, and the pursuit of truth, justice, and the American way. And we'll be back with the answer and more of your calls in just a minute. Do you dreaming in traffic jams? You do you running in shopping malls? You do you breathing the best you can? Between carpools and cell phone calls. Who cares you never live in Paris? So what, you'll never travel by leave? How some of us learn what matters While others never And even though radio station managers remind their staffs to move the clocks ahead during our show whenever they hear us say it, this is NPR. Support for the Car Talk podcast and the following message come from NPR sponsor Traditional Medicinals. Traditional Medicinals is the herbal tea company that lives up to its name. Traditional because of the formulas based on herbal traditions that have supported health and wellness for centuries, and medicinal because of the ethically sourced, high-quality herbs like wild-collected shisandra berries in their everyday detox tea. Use promo code CARTALK for 20% off at checkout. Powered by Traditional Medicinals. This message comes from CARTALK, an NPR sponsor Indeed. When it comes to hiring, you need help getting to your short list of qualified candidates fast. With Indeed.com, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. And when you need to hire fast, accelerate your results with sponsored jobs. New users can try for free at Indeed.com slash car talk. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply. Offer valid through March 31st, 2020. On a secret military recording, a sound so haunting, one scientist believed it could change the world. My mind was racing as I listened to this, and I thought, this, this is the way. Join NPR's Invisibilia for the first episode of our new season. Hi, we're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers, and we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and uh, the answer to last week's puzzler. And this came from a fellow named Steve Boyd, and this is more or less what what he wrote. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, About 10 years ago, I bought my 1973 Beetle from this hippie guy. You know, he had the long hair, beads, sandals, and a distinctly agricultural aroma. (laughs) Anyway, he told me that the 80,000 miles on the odometer were original miles. I didn't believe him for a second because when I took the car for a test drive, I noticed there was rust all over the body. The brakes could barely stop the car. I had my heart in my throat when I stepped in the brakes, and the clutch was beginning to slip. I negotiated the price down to like uh, 400 bucks, and I felt pretty proud of myself that I had gotten the car for that little. Mm-hmm. Well, I gave him the money and drove my yellow time bomb, I mean time warp, home. About a year later, I got around to buying new tires. When I called around to get the uh, the best price, a tire vendor told me something that made me think that just maybe I had been told the truth about the 80,000 original miles. What did the tire guy tell me? Mm. Now, you know, I have a reputation for 
obfuscating and declarifying and you do have and, that and throwing, reputation throwing in and you're proud of it aren't you? <laughs> throwing in extraneous material and i'm sure the average person listening to this puzzle figured it had nothing to, to do, do with the tires with the tires but it did it has everything to do with the tires in fact when this when this car was made tires were not measured the same way they are now they were measured in an interesting way on an interesting way and Typically American way, the width of the tire mm-hmm. was one of the measurements, and this car had something like five, sixty, fifteen tires, which meant that the width of the tread was five point six inches. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And it was sometime in the mid seventies when they stopped making tires like this, and we went over to measuring tires in the metric system. Yeah. So now, if you buy tires, there might be one ninety five. Even though we kept the fifteen part, yeah, the one ninety five is the is the size of the tread, the 15 still the diameter of the wheel, which is in inches. But when the tire vendor told them, boy, those must be the original tires. Yeah. Because in the mid-70s, they in fact stopped selling tires <sighs> of this size. <laughs> so you'd never be able to match one. And they were also bias-plied tires, but that's another story. That's another story. Do we have a winner? We do. The winner this week is Diana Carzoli from West Des Moines, Iowa. And for having her answer selected at random from among the pile of correct answers that we got, Diana is going to get a $26 gift certificate to the Shameless Commerce Division at cartalk.com, with which she can get one of our CD collections like the best and second best of Car Talk. Wow. Congratulations to you, Diana Baby. Anyway, we have a new puzzler coming up in the third half of the show, but first... We have to screw up a few more diagnoses. Give us a call. <laughs> Give us some raw material to work with, will you, folks? Our number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is uh, Jeff from Berkeley, California. Jeff with a J? Jeff with a G. G, excellent. It's the English-Australian Oh, version. yes, exactly. I should, I should have known by your accent. Yeah. Of course we did. Where, where are you really from, Jeff? Uh, Sydney, Canberra, Melbourne, all over the East Coast. Of all of them. Yep. Excellent. Oh, so you must have been in the Australian equivalent of the Witness Protection Program. <laughs> <laughs> they finally shipped you to Berkeley. So what, what can we do for you? I've got an 84 Volkswagen Vanagon that now and then makes a loud knocking noise from the rear left wheel area. And the noise comes and goes, but it tends to go away completely the closer I get to any mechanic. So <laughs> it, might, it might be there for about three or four miles, and then it goes away for six or seven. But when it's there, the length of time between each knock gets shorter the faster the car goes. It doesn't seem to depend on the engine speed. And uh, different mechanics have suggested all sorts of things, CV joints, axle, ball bearings, brakes. Does it does it, the noise uh, initiate when you uh, start moving the car after it's been sitting, like overnight? Is it more likely to happen then? No, no. It can just come while I'm uh, after I've been driving for three or four miles. It can just start. Jeff's going to be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, does it ever happen when you first start off in the morning? Uh, only if it had been there when I stopped the night before. This is sort of like I've got a secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember that show? Yeah, we I don't were, think Jeff's we going to give us <laughs> divulge any information. <laughs> you want an answer, but it's not there. <laughs> yes, okay. So, otherwise... Well, you... there's not a lot back there. I mean, you have uh, brakes... Uh, and it's unlikely that that's the cause of it, because by this, I trust it's been going on for a while. By this time, something would have burned up. It's been going on for about four or five months as long yeah. as I've had it. And yeah. it's a big, heavy, clunking noise, or it's just a knock, 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 knock? Who's there? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty heavy knock. <laughs> and if you speed up, it goes... 
You've got it. Yeah, I, I think I think you you must have because this is a uh, a eighty four. It's a rear wheel drive vehicle, and you must have a bad CV joint back there, a bad axle. Yep. And and the, and the fact that it comes and goes means that one of the balls in the CV joint is getting shifted around once in a while. I I, I bet you if you study this more, you'll find out that the beginning of the noise is almost always coincident with. Having done something else, like you've gone over a big bump or through a pothole, something that's changed the geometry. Yeah, I've been fiddling around and finding that sort of thing out. Ah, <laughs> he's coming around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think you have. I think you need to. If it's on the driver's side, you can buy a rebuilt axle fairly cheaply. Sometimes, actually, I, I can hear it on both sides. You can buy two rebuilt axles <laughs> fairly cheaply. Yeah, How, but you must have you must have one hundred and fifty thousand miles on this thing. Uh, actually, the, the I bought it six months ago, and and I bought it with a broken odometer, so uh-huh. it's not clear how far it's gone. What does it say, though? Uh, Thirty-eight thousand. Oh, <laughs> well, that sounds about right. <laughs> but I think you're in the market for a couple of new axles. Okay. Good luck, Jeff. Thanks a lot. Thanks for calling. Hey, you know what time it is now? Time to feed the polar bears in your MG. <laughs> no, no. It's time to play stop the chumps. This is the part of the show where we dig up a caller from a previous show to see if our answer held water. Oh, God, it's hot water. <laughs> so who's our lucky survivor this week? Survived. I don't like calling them survivor. <laughs> it's Bill Bailey from Branson, Missouri. You remember Bill Bailey? Sure. Won't you come home, Bill Bailey? Won't you come home? I cried that whole night long. <laughs> all right, all right. This Bill Bailey actually cried the whole night long, too, because his Chevy Tahoe rolled into oh, a I lake. Remember, I remember, remember this Bill Bailey. <laughs> well, the front end's out. The back end is in. There is a half-inch cable that runs diagonally to hold the dock in place that has cut through the back tailgate and is holding it there. So it, it rolled back into the lake? Correct. And pray tell, what were you doing while this was happening? Were you in it? No, I was not in it. I was in my boat trying to drink hot chocolate when the dock jerked and poured it down my shirt. What the? Just what was your first thought when you knew, when you knew it was your truck? <laughs> well, my question exactly. What were you? What, what did you say or think when you looked out and saw your truck hanging there by a thread, so to speak? I don't think you can say that on public. Radio. I don't think so either. <laughs> but they could hear me across the lake. I'll tell you that. Yeah, jeez. The only thing that's holding it is this cable, and it's stretched like a banjo string. Oh, I'd cut the cable. (laughs) (laughs) So that was our suggestion, cut the cable? No, no, that would have been dangerous. It would have whipsawed him in half. (laughs) We told him to get someone else to cut the cable, and we told him his transmission was shot, and the Tahoe would be better off at the bottom of the lake. Well, let's see how we did. Bill, are you there? I'm here, guys. Look, (laughs) well, that's good to know. Before we find out whether your Tahoe is swimming with the fishes, as they say, we need you to confirm that we have not spoken since your last appearance on Car Talk. Is that true, Bill? You didn't call. You didn't write. (laughs) (laughs) And is it also true that the answer you're about to give has not been influenced by our staff, the staff of NPR, or the book that we sent you on how to beat the rap for insurance fraud? It was a nice gesture, but I was holding out for more. (laughs) So, did you cut the cable? (laughs) No, I did not cut the cable. You did not cut the cable. (laughs) You pulled it out, didn't you? Well, 
I had it pulled out because you also mentioned that if I was lucky, the tow truck's cable might break. Yeah, and? And you were 100% right. I needed a new transmission. Hey! Yeah, I remember from your description that it sounded like the transmission was eating itself up as you were going down the road. That's correct. You know, what did that cost you? It cost me, you were also right, you said it cost me between 1000 and two, and it cost me right at two. Yeah, yeah we always try to give the, the <laughs> worst case scenario. <laughs> I had to get the top of the line, they couldn't even rebuild it because it was uh, totally... Uh, yeah, the case was blown apart. Right. Yeah. Well, I remember your call... And I remember thinking that you should have stopped early on in the trip. You could have saved yourself about maybe 1800 bucks. Right. But that's a lesson. And you're lucky you didn't go in the drink with the boat. Right. Bill, thanks for playing Stump the Chumps. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for the great advice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it only cost you two k. Not yeah. bad. <laughs> See you yeah. later. And this is a toll-free number. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> what a deal, huh? <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. See ya. See you later. <laughs> well, if you hear someone you'd like us to bring back for Stump the Chumps, email us your suggestions from cartalk.com, or you can call and probably stump us right now. Oh, yeah. The number is 888-CAR-TALK, which is 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, my name is Rebecca Raybold. Hi, Hi Re Rebecca. Rebecca. No last names, please. Where are you from, Rebecca? <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. Yes. Yeah. I have a problem with my 1982 Subaru. 82. And um, it just will cut out. I will be driving along, and um, usually it seems to be when I'm idling at a stop sign uh, waiting to go, and all of a sudden the engine will just die. Boom. And, and then when I try to turn the key, you know, I'll turn, turn the key and try to get it started up before people start honking at me and uh it'll just crank it'll just uh, 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 uh. does this happen when the lights are on or off <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem to matter oh, doesn't seem to matter okay no. and it doesn't seem to matter if you're on your way to work or coming home from work is that right no no uh, none of those it, things matter yeah, huh? it really doesn't seem to make any difference i yeah. I haven't been driving very much because of this problem. And it will not restart readily. No, in fact, what I usually have to do is find somebody to push me off the side of the road and then wait until the next day. The and next then the next day. day I'll come and it'll start back up again. Ah. No kidding. Now, is this more likely to happen if you've been driving for a long period of time, or is it random? Um, I don't really drive very far, so well, we can, it's, it's only like within five or ten miles. But so you, you can drive as far as five miles uh -huh. and stop for a light or something and it will die. Right. What if you stopped within a few blocks of your house or wherever you started no, from? No, that's, that's all right, because I'll, I'll be stopping at lights, you know, between here and work, and, and that won't be a problem. Ah, okay. so it's after you've gone for a while, yeah, the I engine is all warmed up. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, have you ever, has anyone ever offered you roadside assistance when this has happened? Well, I did go into the garage, and I asked them, you know, what was the problem, and they came up with a variety. They said, well, it could be the pickup coil, it could be the fuel pump, it could be the ignition, it's something in the electrical system, and everything's expensive to fix. You better wait until it breaks dead. Yeah, I said they narrowed it down. <laughs> they narrowed it down to the car. Something, yeah, yeah, something to do with yeah. the car. It's not extraterrestrial or anything like that. Right, not, no Martians involved. <laughs> no this Martians. definitely got something to do with the could car. Right, well, definitely. I would have to say I agree with them 100%. <laughs> well, one thing that, that my husband and I tried doing was uh, when, it, when it died one time, he actually um, tried to see if the spark plug was um, doing 
anything. So he took the spark plug wire and he held it next to the engine block. And then when I was cranking the engine, um, he looked, but there was no arc. Those plug wires have a rather long boot on them. And if he didn't have it uh, sufficiently close or if it was daytime, uh -huh. you mightn't be able to tell. What, you need, what he yeah. needs to do is stick his finger right in there. <laughs> was, he, was he holding on to the wire at this point? <laughs> no, I don't think I'm going to get him to Come on, no. Rebecca. Get <laughs> serious, will you? Curly hair. I don't think he wants curly All right, Rebecca, uh, lighten here's up. What, here's what you have to do. No, seriously, when he did this, do you, is he there? Yeah. Was he holding on to the wire? Yeah. Yeah, he was holding on to the wire, and he said he couldn't feel anything. He didn't feel anything in his hand. Right, and later when the car would work properly, he tried the same thing, and that time he really could, you know, you could see a spark and everything. Yeah. So. Suffice <laughs> it to say that he knows how to check for spark. And yeah, I, I think he. Yeah, I think he was able to to check it properly. Okay, well, this is this is a crucial issue here. We, we actually we use this as, as a puzzler some time ago. Oh. Uh, and if only we could remember. No, what the I right remember. Answer was. As, a, as a matter of fact, it was a it was not a, a Subaru, but it was a Mazda, uh -huh. uh, whose pickup uh, whose distributor was worn out. And and when the when the engine was running at higher speeds, okay. uh, the 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 reluctor wheel would come close enough to the pickup so that in fact the thing would run. As soon as you came down to idle speed, uh -huh. it would stall out because they weren't close enough, and then it would not restart. Okay. So it could be that, but I imagine these guys who who were working on the whole car theory <laughs> would have perhaps checked to see if the distributor shaft were worn out, and it could be well, on an 82. Well, maybe not, because, I mean, when they gave you this litany of possible problems, they didn't actually look under the hood. They were no. just speculating, I presume. Right, exactly. Oh, they did this as, a, like, an academic exercise. Right, because, I mean, they could check this relatively easy by popping off the distributor cap and just feeling to see if the shaft was shaking back and forth four or five inches. Oh, okay. But ha have, have someone do that to okay, see if there's a lot of play in the distributor shaft. When they find out that there isn't, I would, as an experiment, replace the coil. Okay. The ignition coil, not the pickup coil. Oh, the ignition coil. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So try that, and you can get one at a junkyard for five bucks. Okay. Yeah, don't get too close to the junkyard. Those harpies will come and take the, <laughs> take the car away. Oh, I don't think they have any junkyards in Salt Lake. Of no. course they do. <laughs> they only have them in Boston. Oh, all right. <laughs> we'll send you one. Good luck, Rebecca. What, okay, a junkyard or a much. coil? Bye-bye. <laughs> Good luck, bye -bye. Rebecca. All right, look, it, it's time for us to take a little break. Already? Didn't we just do that? Well, yeah, about 20 minutes ago. But, you know, time flies when you're engaged in genuinely and earnestly helping people uh, solve their problems. Well, speak for yourself. I was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, when we come back, you will have a new puzzler for us, won't you? Yes, I will, as a matter of fact. And, and this is uh, uh, historic, folkloric, automotive, and I might add, right up your alley, Tommy. <gasps> no kidding. Okay. Absolutely. The new puzzler and more of your car questions coming up in just a minute, so please stay tuned. When I was just a boy, my father sat me on his knee, explained to me how engines work with great simplicity. A piston, it moves up and down inside a metal tube. All it takes is coolant and a little bit of glue. The gasoline explosion gives us power, gives us sound. In turn rotates the drive shaft and that makes the wheels go round. It's really rather simple, it's not voodoo to the wise But I still think mechanics are witch doctors in disguise Because I'm auto-mechanically declined Auto-mechanically declined 
with an automatic or stick. Either way, I'm up a creek. I'm auto mechanically declined. And even though Newton Minow says this is exactly the sort of vast wasteland I was talking about <laughs> whenever he hears us say it, this is NPR. This message comes from Car Talk and NPR sponsor BetterHelp, a truly affordable online counseling service. Fill out a questionnaire online and get matched with a licensed counselor best suited to your mental health needs. Whether it's depression, anxiety, or trauma, BetterHelp will help you overcome what stands in the way of your happiness. Learn more at BetterHelp.com and get 10% off your first month with promo code CARTALK. BetterHelp. Get help anytime, anywhere. Hi, I'm Anoush Zamarodi, and I am the new host of NPR's TED Radio Hour. I am so excited because we are working on a bunch of new, amazing episodes. We're exploring big ideas about reinvention, making amends, and the psychological effects of climate change. Our first show drops March 13th. Please join me. Ha! We're back. Woo. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers, and we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and the new puzzler, which I said, Tommy, is right, up, right your, up my alley. You're going to know the answer, I'm sure. Really? Yes, you are going to know the answer. And I, will I you remember won't re- it? No, you will not remember it, but you'll know, <laughs> well, the, answer know the answer in about okay. five minutes. So this oh. is rather lengthy, and most of it is just, you know, unnecessary filler. Sure. It's a puzzler. It's a, <laughs> and it's yours. <laughs> and this this was sent in recently, actually, last December, by a fellow named Daniel England. And I had to, as I mentioned earlier, it, this is historic and folkloric. It's automotive. And it's pre- and post-obfuscated, because he did the pre-obfuscation. Uh-huh. And after and I received it, I, I did some Excellent. post-production. I can hardly And wait. it's interesting and not even bogus. So no you, kidding. You ready? Yeah, go. He writes... Well, we write, rather. (laughs) I'm the proud owner of a magnificent 1956 Chevrolet convertible, (gasps) which I've restored to perfection over the last few years and whatnot, a few wives maybe. Uh, Last week on a very warm summer afternoon, the perfect day for a ride in a convertible, I decided to take my car into town. It needed gas since the gauge was practically on empty, but I needed an ice cream. Mm. So I headed first to my favorite ice cream shop. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of trouble finding a parking space and had to park it down a side street. I noticed a group of young guys standing around, you know, smoking cigarettes and eyeing my car rather covetously. And mm. I was a bit uneasy leaving it there, but people often take interest in such an old and well-preserved car. So I went off to enjoy my ice cream. Yeah. Well, the line at the ice cream shop was long and it took me quite a while Uh, before I could return to my car. When I did return, my worst fears were realized. The car was gone. (gasps) No kidding. I called the police and reported the theft and then went back and bought a quart of pistachio ice cream. (laughs) 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 About 10 minutes later, the police called me back to say they had found the car abandoned near a gas station a few miles out of town. It was unharmed and I was relieved. Well, it seems just before I called, they had received a call from a young woman who was an employee at a self-service gas station. She told them that three young men had driven in with this beautiful old convertible. One of them came to the window and prepaid for $20 worth of gas. Ah. Then all three of them walked around the car several times. They then opened the hood, and for a long time, they all looked around inside. You know, under the hood. Ah. Then they closed the hood, and they all walked around the car in the other direction this time. Uh-huh. Then they all got in the car and drove off without filling the tank. Yeah. Hmm. 
the police were at a loss to explain this unusual sequence of events. I can Why would anybody? I, can I know you can. <laughs> Why would anybody steal a car, pay for gas which they never pumped, and then abandon the car and walk away? Yeah. I knew why. If you know the answer. And I know why. <laughs> but you, will you remember it next <laughs> will week? Will I remember it? <laughs> if you know the answer, etch it onto the underside of a Snap-on WB-410 computerized heavy-duty wheel balancer with automatic <laughs> weight recalculation, six balancing modes, internal rechargeable battery, built-in lift mechanism, and optional smoothie attachment, and send it to <laughs> Puzzler Tower. Car Talk Plaza, Box 3500, Harvard Square, Cambridge. Our fifth city. Matt 02238. Or you can email us your answer from cartalk.com. Now, if you have a car question for us right now, don't be shy. Give us a call. The number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hey, this is Kobe from Portland, Oregon. Kobe, Kobe. Yeah. Wait a minute now. It's K-O-B-I. No. K. C O B E Y. Close. C O B Y. You got it. C O B Y. Kobe. Yep. That's an interesting name. Is it's it short, short for, for short for Jacob? Oh, Jake Kobe. Oh, well, very good. Yeah. See, my dad was Jake, and so he had the first half. So they figured they'd give me the second half. I like it. But they added a Y on, so it wouldn't seem so blunt, like Cobb. You know. Cobb. Right. Yeah. Cobb would have been all right too. Well. And where are you from? Portland, Oregon. Portland, I'm sorry. Okay, got it. And uh, Yeah, it's great to talk to you. I've been a mechanic for 23 years and finally got out of it. Good for you. <laughs> how, how, how did, did you, you do escape? it? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a sculptor now. I make critters out of car parts. Ah, you make critters out of car I'm trying to visualize that. Well, like, give me an example. All muffler systems, of course. Uh, no, mostly stuff massive enough I can do with my MIG welder. So, like, I've got an exhaust manifold that's upended so that the the arms look like a ghost raising its uh, arms above its head. Oh, man, I love it. Oh, yeah, I do, too. Yeah, a, a tranny shaft with all those neat little grooves on it. I've got eyes on that and some railroad spike legs. So like a lizard thing. So are you making more money as a sculptor than you did as an automobile mechanic? No. I'm are you making, making almost nothing as a sculptor, but it's, <laughs> it's, starting, it's starting to get better. Hasn't caught on yet, so to speak. It's, it's just on the verge of it. I have started my own art movement. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I have to give you credit. I mean, every time you, you extracted one of these parts from a car, you saw hidden in it some beauty. Yes. We just throw the things in the trash. And, you know, I, ha I had to stop working on cars because it was like, you know, you tell your boss, but, but I can't change it. Look, I'd be tearing off its little leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that pretty much sealed it for you, I guess. <laughs> was there a lot of whispering going on in the shop? Colby is really yeah, a little bit. You know, too much carburetor cleaner or something. <laughs> well, that's what happens. So anyway, why did you call us anyway? Well, I called you about to get advice on... My truck, Betsy. Yeah. Betsy the Wonder Truck. I bought her when I was 17, and I'm 43 now. Never owned anything else. Really? Yep. What is it? Uh, 66 Chevy half-ton pickup. Wow. And uh, the deal is it's, I've had different evolutions of camper shells on her for all this time. And the latest one about five years ago was uh, Big John, a friend of mine who was a machinist and a real welder. Mm. And me got together, and we both kind of believe in overbuilding. So I ended up having 
far as I know, the only uh, four-ton, half-ton pickup around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. So uh, a year ago, I was out with my parents on the coast and uh, <clears throat> hit some ho- frost heaves going into a parking lot a little fast mm. and uh, threw the back end up in the air enough to raise the big toolbox about two and a half feet, my mom said, because wow. she was sitting next to it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> in the bed of the pickup truck? Yes. Well, in the back of the pickup truck's camper shell with all these cushions and everything. Oh, right. oh. So she's yeah. sitting back there trying to knit. Yes. And you're, <laughs> you're taking these speed bumps at 45 miles an hour. I got it. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that. Um, so anyway, my next oil change, I'm under there, and I'm looking around, and uh, I noticed that I've got cracks in the frame. Duh. So, you know, I've got this MIG welder because I'm a sculptor. Yeah. And I've got all this cool iron around. Yeah, you're all so, set. So I've put patches on all of crack. Yeah, so this this is like a patchwork quilt. Yeah. I've been checking it for a year, and the cracks have not spread. But, ah. you know, as a mechanic, you know, you, you, you grow up learning as a mechanic that if the frame cracks, you're done. Yeah. And you're insane to drive a thing with a cracked frame. So I've got a little voice in the back of my head saying, well, you know, you're crazy. But the other thing is, well, you know, I've patched them, and I check them every month or so, and they're not spreading, so. Yeah, well, I, I don't think there's any reason to be too worried, to tell you the truth. Huh. Although, yeah, that sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> Although, who am I? Yeah, come ride around in the truck with me. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> but how, how long ago did you do this? About a year. So every month or so, you've been checking, and the cracks have not spread. Right because I've got the plates welded to either side of the crack. So it's yeah. almost like either the welds would have to fail or the plate would have to start cracking, it would seem to me. Well, I think you probably uh, have fixed it correctly. And in cool. fact, that's that's generally the remedy for things like this. Great. So you probably are all right, except it doesn't preclude it cracking someplace else sure. without warning. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing that you always have to take into account when you have a vehicle that's 113 years old like yours. Right. And, and 355,555.5 last week. <laughs> really? And now, but then you added this, this monster cap on it and all that. So you've, you've gone way beyond the capacity, the intended capacity of yes. the thing, too. And that's, I'm more worried about that than anything else. Mm, okay. So uh, uh, it may be time to. Look for a replacement for Betsy. I know that. Oh man, you're asking a lot. Yeah, you're asking. I would a lot. say leisurely. Have your eye out. Like go to the movies and check out. The, <laughs> you know, check out what's out there. I'll do it, and uh, I love your show, and I'll send you a critter. All righty, oh, great, a deal. All right, Thanks, take Kobe. care. Okay, bye bye. One eight 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 Car Talk or one eight 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 two two seven eight two five five. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is Allison, and I'm calling from St. Louis. Is How do you spell it? Allison? Well, I oh, have a, there are lots of I ways, happen to have you know. a daughter-in-law named Allison who has a, no. an unusual spelling, I, I think. I didn't even know you were married. <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell your Allison? I spell it with two L's. And an and I. And an I. No, not she. Yeah. Not she. No. Hers is, uh, she spells it. She she's, uses K's and J's. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where are you from, Allison? I'm right now. I live in St. Louis, but originally I'm from Queens, New York. Cool. Yeah. How long have you been in St. Louis? About two years. Two years. Are you there reluctantly? Not so reluctantly. I'm here with my husband's job. You wish you were in Queens. 
St. Louis and Queens to be about an hour apart. That ah, I see. You so St. Louis is all right, but you miss your old friends and family from Queens. Absolutely. And you're sick and tired of the airlines that treat you like you're a pig. You you've been there, yeah. You know yeah. it. No, he hasn't I haven't been, there. been there. As a matter no, of fact, no, he refuses to fly. I refuse to do business with anyone who wants to treat me that way. <laughs> I don't want and any you're part a mechanic? of it. <laughs> Well, that's why I don't fly. <laughs> I know what goes on behind the scenes. <laughs> so anyway, Allison, uh, why did you That's call? good enough. Wipe it off. <laughs> They'll never notice. <laughs> you don't need all those blades of the turbine anyway. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, how many wings do you need anyway? <laughs> uh, so, <I'm> Allison, <laughs> what's up? Okay, well, the short version of my problem is that sometimes I pick my husband up for work, and he gets in my 95 Oldsmobile Achieva, and he'll give me a kiss hello, and I get a mildly painful shock. Ah, oh, isn't that sweet? Sparks are flying even after all these two years of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what, every time I drive my car, since my husband changed my alternator about a year ago, I, when I get out of the car and close the door, I get a shock. Now, let me get this right. You want to blame your husband for this, don't you? No. Oh, come on. Tell the truth. First no, of all, you no. said My... he gets in the car, he gives you a little smooth, bingo, you get a shot. <laughs> right. Then he did the alternator. He changed the alternator a year ago. Bingo. Yeah. You want to blame him, don't you? No. Well, Do I sense a little discord in the family already? You've only been married for two years. <laughs> you got a long way to go. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> no, I think she's in love. Yes, I am. And except for screwing up your achiever, he's been a wonderful husband. Absolutely. <laughs> See, she does think he screwed it up. <laughs> yeah. He had nothing to do with it. He didn't. Because at the same time, out of the goodness of his heart, and so his wife would be safe in her car, he went and bought you four new tires. He's very good. He, I recently did get new tires, yes. Ooh, and that's good. the reason for the shocks. I was going to blame it on Allison's wardrobe. <laughs> oh, or lack of cream rinse. <laughs> Fly away here, you know, has been known to give shocks. Fly away here. Or if you've been stroking the cat. Hey, I'm on the phone. I thought we were blaming my husband. <laughs> no, we can't blame your husband. No, it's Your the husband had nothing to do with it, the, Allison. The reason you're getting shocks is because the tires... Are allowing static buildup, static electricity buildup. Huh. Okay, mm. and you discharge it when you get out of the car. Yeah. Or when you touch somebody. It's terrible. I can't have anybody in my car, and when I leave and I touch anybody, even hello, I yeah. give them a shock. Yeah. No, it's it's it's, it's the tires. Cling. I think she needs static cling. You think she needs some Klingons, right? I think you got to stay away from those polyester <laughs> dresses you've been wearing. <laughs> I, I, we don't, I don't wear polyester. Oh, I come here from Queens. No, right. we first discovered this <laughs> some, some years ago. My wife had bought four Michelin tires, new Michelin. Not to say that there, are other, there aren't other tires that do this, but these Michelins uh, she bought for her Dodge Caravan. And when you get out of this thing, you can see a spark almost an inch long jump off your finger <laughs> when you reach for, like, the doorknob of the house. And, and it hurt. And what we finally did to ameliorate the situation, You're I guess... You're riding on the rims, took the tires off. Is Well, no, we actually installed ground straps on the underside of the thing. And these are these are rubber straps that have uh, metal in them. Huh. And they attach to the frame of the car, and they constantly discharge the static They drag up. on the ground. Like trucks have. Like trucks have. You've seen them on trucks. Cars have yeah. them, too. Okay. Right. 
That's wonderful. And I can kiss my husband in the car again. You can kiss him a much longer, more passionate kiss, if you don't mind my <laughs> suggesting it. Right. <laughs> right. Give him a real wet one, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that's it. In the meantime, it's, it's easy to discharge this by uh, holding like a quarter in your hand and allowing the quarter to be the first thing that makes contact with some something else. Okay. Okay, and the quarter will get hurt. You hear the quarter go, ouch. <laughs> See you, Allison. Hey, good luck. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, it's happened again. You've blown off another perfectly good hour listening to Car Talk. Our esteemed producer is Doug the Subway Fugitive, not a slave to fashion, Bongo Boy Berman. Our associate producers are David the Calves of Belleville Green and Catherine Frau Blucher Fenolosa. Our web lackey is Doug the Old Gray Mayor, assisted by Connie Bridgeford. Our engineer is John Cartman Parati. Our theme music is by David Dog Grisman. And our technical, spiritual, and menu advisor, just back from his barge, Buick, and Barco Lounger tour of Greater Beloit, is John Bugsy Lawler. Our public opinion pollster is Paul Murky of Murky Research, assisted by statistician Marge Novera. Our customer care representative is Haywood Jabuzov. Our document security expert from the island of Jamaica is Euripides Upman, who is not related to our tailor, Euripides Imenides, or to our staff bouncer, Euripides, I break your face, <laughs> or to the proprietor of our men's clothing shop, Euripides, you own our divorce attorney is Carmine Not Yours. Our meteorologist from the New Delhi office is Luke Autovindo. Our director of Pavlovian research is Isabel Ringing. <laughs> and our Russian chauffeur is Pikov and Dropoff. And of course, the banker at Car Talk Poker Games is Nikolai Putin. And our seat cushion tester is Mike Easter. Our chief counsel from the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe is Yu Lewis Dewey, known to the burnt-out college presidents in Harvard Square as Yui Louie Dewey. Thanks so much for listening. We're clicking clack the Tappet Brothers. And remember, don't drive like us. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. You can get a podcast of this show, which is number 2010, Subscribe to our weekly podcast and check out our poorly curated collection of clothing and best of collections all over at cartalk.com. Also this week at cartalk.com, we're here to help you clean up your driveway. Got an old car that's seen better days? Well, the Car Talk Vehicle Donation Program will tow it away for free and send the proceeds to the NPR station of your choice. Do it now before your local neighborhood watch group labels your car an eyesore and plants geranium in it. Turn your car into the programs you love Find out how at cartalk.com. Car Talk is a production of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe and WBUR in Boston. And even though the entire Shackleton Expedition votes to spend another winter in Antarctica whenever they hear us say it, this is NPR.